For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 374 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Oh my goodness, buddy. I'm so glad you're here. Dude, it's good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm, I know the uh, listeners are going to be stoked too. I, uh, I'm i really excited to be back. It's be, it's be, feel like it's been too long. It's only been one week, which is crazy, right? You just missed That's what one episode. Oh, my goodness. I missed one? Yep. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I've been away for weeks. Yeah, so we got to get caught up on your feelings on uh, episode 11 and 12, the finale of Andor that came out today, actually. I watched it today. Ooh. I watched it today while I held a sleeping infant in the other hand arm. Yeah, man. To teach them early, real early. Mm-hmm. Pew, pew. <laughs> so, guys, listen. Uh, go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest needs. Uh, you'll find links to our social media accounts, the Twitch channel where I've been streaming a lot lately, twitch.tv slash blueharvestpod. And you'll find a link to our Patreon where if you really enjoy the show, you can you can, um, you can can support us. That's the word I'm looking for. First little is $3 a month and get access to a large collection of Patreon-exclusive shows, all my immediate reaction and or episodes, that sort of thing. Lots of stuff mm -hmm. over there. So, buddy, how you been? Oh, I've been well. Uh, <laughs> I... I had a baby mm -hmm. uh, on the 11th, and it has been very challenging throughout some of these days. But I am here, and things are well, so Good. I am grateful. Excellent, buddy. What do you, what's the the family with the new addition getting up to for Thanksgiving this year? Uh, we're, we're just staying home. We're gonna stay home. I and think do that's the house good. Thanksgiving. Hell Our yeah! Our parents are gonna come have dinner with us, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. And. Uh, it's been really helpful. Her mom's come, and she's been very helpful. Well, that's awesome. That, I think that's probably the best way to go. You know, a little chiller Thanksgiving. You know, not a lot of yeah. traveling, brand new right. baby, and whatnot. 
I'm actually going to be getting up early and going over to Mississippi tomorrow because so, somehow Good. I wormed my way out of uh, working on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's going to be good for you to go home. Yeah, it will. I, it's been so long since I've gotten to hang out with all of them. I'm pretty excited. So, Me and Luna are going to load up in the car in the morning and head on out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, buddy, lots going on Star Wars-wise while you're gone. We had a, a essentially the first part of a two-part finale. So I figure we'll just all kind of lump it all in together. We right. I did read your text update that I, I got that text that you sent me last week about the 11th episode while mm-hmm. King Tom and I were recording. So, oh wow, I I had hoped that you would you would be able to glean my response from what I text you. I did. So, um, one thing that's been really fucking crazy this week is: Have you heard about all this old Bob Chapek stuff? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife, she read, you know, I haven't been able to keep up with the news or anything like I normally do. And my wife read this headline out to me. She was like, Bobby Iger replaces David Chow. I was like, what? They brought Bobby Iger back? What the hell is yeah, going dude. on? Old, the chapstick is gone, my dude. Old Bob Chapik is gone. I couldn't believe it. I was kind of in shock there for a minute. Shout out to my goddaughter, Taylor, who is a massive Disney fan, like, specifically the parks and you know she the movies and stuff too but like she's she knows a lot about disney culture and disney goings on right Right. um and she's actually who told me first i think i was streaming when it happened even um and i was like is this real is this a fake and sure enough it was real and then there's been all kinds of cock of duty speculating and shit going on about oh what happened what happened uh you know why why did this happen what does this mean for you know all the shit under disney's control right as far as star wars goes hasn't seemed to be anything official yet there's some conflicting stories going about um there was one going around that basically said blamed old blamed the chapstick for uh the lack of Star Wars movies. Oh, really? Right. Said it said Star Wars slowing down on the movie side of things was a uh, uh, one of his decisions. Um. So I don't know, man. At this point, we just kind of got to sit around and uh, watch it play out. You know, Kathleen Kennedy will not always be the head of Lucasfilm. She's a seventy-year-old lady, right? Like, right? Is she seventy? Did I just? I think I might have just. Uh, no, I think you're close to correct. Do you think I'm right? Let me, I'll do the research and carry on. Um, 50, yeah, she's almost 70. She's 69. Um, anyways, um, and the thing is, is like, you know, certain elements on YouTube and stuff who shall go unnamed uh, will def no matter when she goes or what the circumstances are, like, I think her contract is... Uh, through 2024 at this point right mm-hmm. she could like in 2024 she could be like guys i'm 71 years old i just want to retire and people on youtube will be like they finally did it they fired her you know what i mean so right right um kind of just got to wait and see and there's another story 
I, there's been so many. I, I, I usually try to be better about attributing them to their respective reporters or websites in the very least. But one was going around saying like that there is a strong slate of Star Wars content lined up for the future, including movies. They're mm-hmm. just not being real public about it because, and, and, and I mean, and this is me, if that is the case, right? If they do have a quote unquote strong lineup of Star Wars content coming in the coming, you know, coming up in the future. Right. You got to imagine, even if it was, you know, not a directive from anybody outside of Lucasfilm, they're going to, at this point, they probably have learned it's best if they keep that shit to the close to their chest because who knows what's going to happen to a director or a writer or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. More importantly, you know, and it though, may be something as, you know, not to say minimal, but it, it may be something completely different. Like he might have a personal something going on like at home he might have a medical issue or something like uh, Bob Chappick could have very clearly nah. just had to step away and like mm-hmm. that, nah. they brought Bobby Iger back uh, apparently there's a non disparaging contact uh, like uh, what, there's a, a piece in his exit contract that's like a non disparaging clause or whatever is what I, what I was reasoning it seems like and like, I'm not one of those Disney guys. You know what I mean? I think Disney parks rule. I like Disney movies. You know, I like Star Wars and Marvel. But I'm not the dude who is, like, when he was announced as the CEO that was going to replace Bob Iger, I saw people freaking out online. And I was like, why is this such a bad thing? Like, people I know that are way more into Disney were like, this is bad. This is real bad. And he, has, he seemed to be pretty unpopular uh, in the couple of years that he was CEO and there were like Disney employees and actors and shit talking about how glad they were he was gone and shit so I don't know oh wow you know there was that whole drama last summer with uh Scarlett Johansson you remember when that happened like mm. when she she uh, ultimately I think she sued Disney slash Marvel because of the like her what she was paid because of black widow or something i can't remember the details there were some okay she felt like she was getting time now she was getting the shaft because they uh debuted black widow on disney plus i think right instead of releasing it in theaters but we'll see it'll be really fascinating to watch disney as a company for the next couple of years because i think they said his um I think he's only signed for like two years, Bob Iger or something. So interesting. <laughs> More important, it doesn't seem like a lot of time to turn around whatever no, you were unhappy about. Well, it doesn't, right? But also, you're talking about a dude who like was the previous head of the company for quite a while, right? Right. Like, so he <laughs> knew the game, right? From, knows from a while back, knows it pretty inside and out. Like you're talking about the guy who ushered in. Disney buying Pixar, buying Marvel, buying Lucasfilm, buying 20th Century Fox, uh, started Disney Plus. You know, like a lot of these things mm-hmm. are his uh, his doing. So, I don't know. Maybe they just, I mean, it's easy to see why they would have the faith in the dude, right? Like, he really brought a lot to um, Disney as its CEO. 
he built you like a dreadnought ship and like said, oh, you can't fuck it up. You know, and then yeah. he came on and he fucked it up. <laughs> God damn it. Chapstick head looking like a fucking used tip of a chapstick motherfucker. That's Bobby Iger, not me. I don't know. Old chappy chap. He's not chappy. The robot. That's the only chappy I care about. Yeah. Right. Um, so buddy, you, we didn't get your full thoughts on episode 11. So catch us up on that before we move on into talking about the finale for Andor. Uh, one of the things about 11 that stuck out to me was Luthen's ship. Oh my God. Yes. And all of its amazing stealth and offensive and defensive capabilities. Like I'm imagining that he's a collector, like like he's also a collector of probably ship parts, like the most ballin' ship parts and systems from across the galaxy in all times. You know, I can't imagine the cool shit he's got installed on his ship. Right, like there's something in it, and I think it comes from George Lucas's fascination with like car culture in the '50s and like modding and customizing your car back then. But like, there's this element of star wars that like with han and his ship all the special modifications that were made to his ship like boba or Django with their ship um the mandalorian even so you know with the razor crest it didn't stick a lot around so long that we really got to know the ins and outs of it but you know there was that i mean there was a whole episode devoted to the dude and a lady um peli motto modding you know a naboo starfighter Right. And Luthen ship is really good. Maybe my favorite of any new Star Wars ships we've gotten since, you know, like the Star Wars is back era of uh, Disney Star Wars. I would say since like the Millennium Falcon, you know, like a crude ship of badass proportion. Yeah, I mean, like... Small, tight transport. You didn't really... You got that a little bit in um, the prequels, right? With But, like, they moved... You only got Amidala's one ship, the the Royal Naboo... Whatever the fuck her big silver ship called. That's only in yeah, one yeah. movie. And then in the yeah. next movie, she's got that other one that's really cool. looks kind of like a bomber. Um Right, but it, like it, there was not really a, a a focus on like a hero quote unquote ship in the prequels, right? Like you know, right? Obi Wan had his Jedi starfighter, Ian and the starfighters came out of the giant clone cruisers, mm-hmm. right? Like so, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It was like the answer to the evil star destroyer, right? And then in you know the sequel trilogy, we get the Millennium Falcon again. You know, it's back. It's 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 our it's our old buddy. That continues it's our on. Ship. Um, you got I guess you get a little bit of that with like Cassian's uh, U-wing and Rogue One, but not really. Even it's kind a little of just bit. dressing a, a little, little bit. bit. It's pretty close. It's cool. It's not like it's a it's cool not design. In that badass got a gun turret and special modifications way. Yeah, but it is kind of like a cruise ship for a few minutes. But man, Luthen ship looks cool. Like the design yeah. is very cool. The insides are cool. The inside is very cool. Like his little uh, prop costume or his prop yep. closet. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it, the, the. It's got his eccentricities mm-hmm. built into the ship. Mm-hmm. It has uh, a droid, basically navigating system. You know, an onboard AI. <laughs> yeah, and like, which uh, apparently is rare. Like, 
Also, it's, it's got full stealth. Like he even mentioned it in the last episode that they need to use full stealth or whatever. Um, really, right. really tiptoeing around that whole line in Empire Strikes Back, where the you know the Millennium Falcon flies at the uh, the Star Destroyer, and they're like, "No ship that small has stealth." Well, then Darth Maul's ship had stealth. Now Luthen's ship has stealth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, cool ass ship though um and and that fight with the tie fighters and stuff was real good and it looked really good too like it did and it was tense there for a second you thought that that tractor beam was going to snatch him mm-hmm. oh and the way he ditched that tractor beam was pretty ball and that ship looked familiar that radar ship yep. i'm not sure so i know where is I, it mccrory art or something it, it's colin cantwell art so okay Apparently, yeah, that's it, that's why they call it the Cantwell class cruiser or whatever they call it in the show. Oh, it's, I see. It's a nod to him. So that's like old Star Wars concept art stuff um, from, you know, the production of New Hope. It's really cool oh, to see cool. them bring that back. Um, so, yeah, that shit was cool. I got to say. It looked awesome. It implemented like mm-hmm. very Star Warsy. Mm hmm. Yeah, and like those defense measures he used to like bust up that big radar dish on the front, that yeah. should all look cool. Um, like fleshets, basically. It's uh, jumping forward quite a bit, um, but since we're talking about Luthen, his outfit at the end of the twelfth episode is the most Final so Fantasy cool. ass looking outfit I've ever seen you're, in Star Wars. You're very right. It's like Aaron from Final Fantasy X. Shout out to all my mm-hmm. Final Fantasy X fans out there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, we get to the finale. And uh, it's kind of clear, right, that the, the 11th episode is basically setting up, all right, most of our main players are going to be, be meeting up on Ferrix for the last episode. And that's exactly what happened. And it happened in fucking stunning fashion that's right what's up with a motherfucking space flute will why is that flute so weird i don't know i have no idea they were like we need some space flutes and they were like let's get some crazy glue three flutes glue them together we got you i want to glue a piccolo to a bassoon yeah and that's it we're done spray paint it copper I mean, um, it looked cool. I liked it. I liked how there was one like it was a French horn. Uh, there was like a baritone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what that one is. It's like a like a trumpet, but like bigger, much bigger. Um, there, I so like I have left every episode of this series being like that was really good or holy shit that was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was the first one that afterwards I actively wanted to go get in a fight. Like, this fucking show, this episode hyped me up so much. Like, the catharsis of seeing all these fucking in, imperial assholes get it taken to them, like, was so satisfying. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. They just, they just you, you, all of us know that one person that just likes to fucking pick and poke. You know what I mean? Poke you yeah. in the rip, pick, pick, poke, poke. It's not like you know, all explosive. It's just like little picks and pokes until you're like, okay, stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's the empire. And boy, was it cool. It was cool. It was cool to see 
you know, basically you're going to see that across the galaxy as the empire asserts their dominance. Like people are going to buck the system. You know, the more pressure you apply to these systems, they won't take that shit. Um, and that is what's going to be the rebellion. That is the spark that becomes the, you know, fuels the rebellion, mm -hmm. gives it pilots and troopers, you know. The only thing I could have asked for from the finale, I would say, was a little bit more Mon Mothma. The last episode, a little light on Mon Mothma, just those two scenes. Yeah, those two story beats. You but know, both of... good. Well, I wouldn't call the second one good. It was like, it was well executed, rather. It but was. That it first was one where, I, so I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but is she intentionally setting up her husband to throw him under the bus? For the missing I don't money. know. I think she is. I think she's like, she because like they establish, you know, early on, first or second episode, that she knows her driver's probably listening and reporting on her, right? That he can't be trusted. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, and then so, so it she, is. I didn't think about the 3D chess angle of it, but yeah. like she, she may in fact be setting him up for potential. Uh, explanation of where the money is going right because like the next time we see that driver he's reporting that information to the isb and the guy in the isb is like they've had some weird stuff going on with their bank accounts surely this explains it you know what i mean like right so i think she was she's setting him up for a massive under the bus throw that's going to be satisfying to see too it will be the stuff with her and her husband and the daughter towards the end, real rough though, real rough. Yeah. I, it, it almost like the emotional toll of that is intense. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that are going on in those places, like it is a really good example of what life under Palpatine's empire is like for people that are just trying to, make the galaxy a fair place, you know, right. in a high political place, you have to play this whole fund rebellion game to actually try to do your job. Yeah. And like, um, allow your daughter to marry off into this antiquated system you don't approve of. Right. And like the, the, that whole scene, there's not a single bit of dialogue. It's no. all conveyed through, you know, acting body language and music. And like, you get it all. Like there's that whole, what felt like forever, but I'm sure it's only a couple of seconds where her daughter is looking over at her and she doesn't notice. You know what I'm talking about? Right. And then her daughter looks away and then Mon Mothma looks at her. Like, just real fucking good stuff there, man. Right. Real good. Um, man. Uh, hmm. Brasso, still a real one. Still a real one, that Brasso. Brasso. Uh, Cassian's buddy that was braining everybody. Oh, oh, oh with yeah. Bread. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Sad to see the other dudes bite it. I know. Okay, I know. but at the end of this episode, when he got them away, mm -hmm. did that not feel like maybe his crew? Like next season? Like I his starship crew? I think I th they're clearly going to be showing back up, right? Like there will be more Bix, there will be more Brasso, and the the other two folks that were with them. Um, and the robot B, the, the oh one that God. I felt the most grief for, and I was impressed by the way they conveyed this, is like the character that possesses 
the sorrow in the 11th episode when Marva dies is B. And you know, he's the one that's messed up and that everyone's catering to. Like, he's a droid. Buddy, and, like, the when he gets all excited at the idea of, like, hey, you could stay here talking to Brasso. Like, we could stay here tonight. I don't have to go to your place. Like, oh, man. Yeah. It's so right? good. And how excited he is to see Cassian. That right. really got me, by the way. Like, of a, in, in, a, in an emotionally charged episode, that scene where B sees Cassian and he's like, I didn't get to see you. And he was like, you got this. You're going to be okay. I'll see you soon or whatever. And he's like, you always say that or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah. But like, man, big ups to B. I hope. Yeah, right. I hope the reason B is not in Rogue One is because he's just off somewhere chilling. He's always charged. Him and Brasso are hanging out, you know, maybe on that beach planet, chilling. They better not do it. When that guy kicked over B... I almost got up and broke my TV in half. I was like, I, you are not wed, red wedding my ass with B right now, Star Wars. I am no not way. going to take this. So I was very happy to see he was okay. I uh, I was expecting a kiss in that scene between Cyril and oh my God. Dedra. Buddy, let like, me tell you. I was expecting you, a real tense. Like, let me tell you. The fucking Nazi love story in this show. Like, I'm glad that it didn't happen. Oh, but me did, too. Uh, Buddy, the, um, I'm you telling could, you. The there tension some, in that scene you could cut with a knife. There is, some, there is a dark corner of the fucking 8chan internet where there is some shit going down right now like oh my goodness like like everybody was all this time worried about raylos mm -mm, you you should you guys should have just left them alone let them do their thing because it's about to get oh real weird <laughs> real weird oh my goodness satisfying seeing her getting a, getting hit by the rock too yeah, I like, the I way like that she was on the ground mm -hmm. for one of these real situations and got totally pummeled. You know and what like, I mean? Like, like just and, seeing more than anybody seeing them get taken out on the Imperial side was the spy guy, the guy that oh, yeah. sent us stabbed. Yes, because <clears throat> um, he has the most fucking punchable face. And like the way <laughs> she was standing on that. This is excellent villainous acting by the, the actress that plays Dedra. Um, when she's standing on that balcony overlooking and they're talking about the funeral and stuff and she's just scowling and sneering the whole time. Yeah. I was like, oh, you are so unlikable. This character yeah. is so unlikable. Oh, I hate the Empire. Oh. Yeah. That's a good job. That's a real good job. Um, and the, the, the guy, the guy that rings the bell, Kicking that stormtrooper off, satisfying, satisfying, very super satisfying, very well done. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't stress how I, impressed I am with what what happened here in the finale. I know, man. I know, buddy. Listen, I, I look. I have to make my cases when I, I think Cinta's behavior in this episode kind of reinforces my idea of what she got up to in that. That well, moment. if you really want to go at it, it reinforces my idea. She oh, only oh. killed the Imperial officer. But it was the cold callousness. You know what I mean? Like the She the, killed no women nor children in this episode. I'm just saying, like, there's a, a, you can look in a character's eyes and go, there's murder in that person's eyes. There's She is playing that character. There's as Imperial a murder in that person's eyes. Well, uh, I don't know. Well, she also has a history of the Empire killing her entire family. True, but when you kill the family of other women, you become your enemy. 
which is kind of exactly Luthen's uh, speech that he gave at the end of that one episode. Could be taken that way, I agree. <laughs> that was like a gentleman's duel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like one of those 1800s duels where we would be wearing like puffy shirts with puffy collars and like, you know, standing Slapping on our sides. Slapping each other back and forth <laughs> with a leather glove. Yeah, yeah. Like no blood spilt, we both got. But you know what I mean? Just one of those gentlemen's duels. Mm-hmm. You know, meet we me. We were um- using umbrellas instead of swords. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, I can't wait. Like season two, there's some stuff set up for season two. By the way, there's also been some confirmations, right? Like. I don't know if you were here, but they they specific uh, Tony Gilroy spe- specifically confirmed uh, both Yavin and K two S O for next season. Oh, that's gonna be cool. Yep, he said there's uh, like in this interview I was reading, he said there's a certain a, 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 essentially certain obligations they have for season two. Meaning, like things they they feel like they have to hit story wise, and that's Yavin and K two S O or two that he mentioned. So that's going to be cool. That is going to be cool. Oh goodness! Um, that kid making the bomb at the the first like you know what it is immediately when you see that oh, scene. Yeah, the way it's shot and mm-hmm. what he's doing, like mm-hmm. you know what he's doing. You're like, oh, and then what the, is he soldering? There's only one thing he could be soldering. Mm-hmm. Like, there, what is he putting in a tube? There's only one thing he could be putting in a tube. <laughs> what is he increasing the pressure exponentially Uh-oh. on? Uh-oh. And seeing that, the way that blew up and then blew, like, caused the chain reaction of all the Imperial explosives. Yeah. I don't, man, there's some sort of big brain metaphor there that, you know, I, I see it on the surface level, but my brain's like, you're not smart enough to get that. Just enjoy the moment. And I did. <laughs> I did. Well, I thought it was well shot. You know, sometimes oh, some of that stuff can be kind of cheese dick, like, oh, the grenade that set off the other explosion, you know, but like, no, that was well done. That was well done on how it was executed, <clears throat> yeah. how it was shot and executed. Also, uh, shout out to Cassian's blaster. The more we see of that blaster he uses, the one that has the barrel that kind of rotates and shit, the yeah. cooler it is. It is. It's very cool. Luthen even takes a minute to look at it. He's like, that is a cool ass blaster. It is, I mean, it. it's a token to Cassian's badassness that he shows up in his ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and how he signs up with Luthen is pretty cool, too. I know it's very dramatic. But it is very dramatic. It is um, the only option Luthen left him. Well, and like, so Luthen, Vel, Senta, that whole little crew is there essentially to find Cassian and kill him. Wait for him to show up so they right. can kill him. Because he knows too right. much about Aldani, and then that scene during Marva's uh, speech, her hologram speech, speech where yeah. Luthen is watching it, like the acting where he realizes, like, oh shit, like he, I don't need to be worried about killing this dude. Like this is the kind of dude he was raised by this lady. This is the kind of dude we need on our side. You know what I mean? That and. Yeah, that and even maybe some courage in his own heart to make a stand personally. Like, so what if things are tied to me? You know, it's time mm-hmm. for people to take a stand. I can't remain, oh. you know, incredibly Teflon if the galaxy is going to change. They should have just called this show uh, Monologues 
a Star Wars story because they've nailed every single one. Every it's single one. It's been pretty one. good. Yep. Mm. I hope hologram. First, I mean, I her hope. acting. Marva, the, the actress um, that does her part, is incredible. I hope holograms. In speech. It is. She, I mean, she was great. I can't, it's like, you know, like even in my favorite show of Lost, or favorite show of all time, Lost, right? There are actors and actresses who are not my favorite, who I don't think do a particularly great job, right? Or who right. annoy me, right? I don't have one person in this show who I think isn't, like totally nailing it which is impressive right top notch right um so that's that's definitely part of it but i hope hologram technology is uh, a lot more affordable and accessible and like better by the time i kick the bucket because at my funeral it's going to be me doing that speech and they're going to be like oh god damn it it's a star wars bit he went out on a bit Man, my man's going to live and die by the bit. You know I respect the bit. I know you respect the bit. All right, buddy, listen. Why don't we uh, hear from some friends and continue the conversation? Because I have a feeling, well, looking at the um, the email subject lines of all these emails, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about some Andor. So why don't we do that? Absolutely. send in a voicemail or email it's easy enough blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com i feel it is only appropriate to uh, go ahead and fire up first uh, a voicemail from our buddy rick one of the two two number one cassian fans that i know in my life rick and Catherine. Uh, we had rick on for the first episode or the first three episodes right i can't my belief so. Yeah, I think we had him on for one through three, and then Catherine came on for four. So uh, let's hear what Rick Villanueva has to say. Hawes and Will, my friends. Um, you know, there's not a lot to say about this episode that I'm sure you guys haven't already said. Um, and if you want to hear what I had to say, you know where to find me. I got things I do. Uh, but I have a question for you. If... Tony Gilroy decided to do like Neil Gaiman and drop an extra episode of uh, of Andor like they did with Sandman like a week or two afterwards. If there was a, a surprise episode 13 as an epilogue or some midway thing, what do you think would be in that? It's not a post-credit thing. We, we got that. 
we talked about that. Sorry I got spoiled for you. But say there's a, a surprise 13th episode. What do you think old Tony Gilroy and all the writing crew and everybody would put in that episode if they were to do that? Well, listen, that's the only question I got for you guys. There's a banger season of Star Wars TV. It's it's up there with some of my favorite stuff that we've gotten. You've heard me rant and rave about it. I was on for your episode, the premiere breakdown way back. It was two and a half months ago. It feels like it was ages ago. But time flew by. The series was awesome. Listening to you guys talk about it has been great. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving, whatever you guys do. And to the overseas people, y'all ain't celebrating it. Have a happy Thursday. And uh, I'll talk with all you cats later on. May the force be with you. Oh, man. So uh, we didn't even talk about the after credit sequence, did we, Will? Will? Can you hear me, Will? Will, are you there? Hey, buddy. Hello. Hey. You need a break? I had to. Yeah, I need a break. No problem. I'll be back. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, buddy, we didn't even address the app, uh, the uh, after credit sequence from the last episode. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was fucking crazy. <sighs> Remind me about it um, real quick. Where you see the, the robots basically. Uh, you oh, 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 okay, yeah. They're, uh, so basically, surprise, surprise, Andor was helping build Death Star parts in the prison. Parts specifically for the cannon. Yes, the, the... the outer shell is completed, which, by the way, um, last week when King Tom was on, we were talking about, like, could it be Death Star parts? And he was like, I don't know, because, you know, in, in Catalyst, they establish... Um, that the outer shell is already pretty much complete at this point. And I wanted to be like, well, yeah, but buddy, clearly they don't 100% go by what the books and comics do. But it, it seems like that holds up after this. Like, it seemed like the outer shell was pretty much done and they're working on the cannon. Yeah, it. I wonder how much of Galen Urso's work is already done. I would assume the majority of it if they're building... The array. It seems like it's part of the array setup that focuses the energy. I don't know what exact part, but it's connected to a bunch of these golden cells. Yeah. Hexagonal looking cells or I don't know. Um, and then like, so we know like, you know, there's a uh, roughly four years before Rogue One. So they still work on it for a while for a couple, you know. Right. You know, it's probably not furnished inside, right? Like, they don't have the, 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 the polished imperial floors aren't in, you know? That conference table that they all hang out, that's definitely not there yet. <laughs> Galvanized steel everywhere. Yep. Um, and Rick's question about, like, if they released a surprise 13th episode, kind of like they did with Sandman, what would the contents of that episode be? I don't know. That's fascinating to think about. Like, I would like just an episode of Cassian in his prime in service to Luthen slash the Rebellion. Yeah, I guess they could do some sort of like transitional episode between now and season two where you see like another mission. I thought maybe we could see um, a story about Bix and, and uh, Brasso and those characters, like where they end up and stuff like that to sort of set up for them. Um, I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe see what Saw is up to. 
Like maybe we, we get a, a saw reaction episode, like it's a YouTube gif, you know, or a, a YouTube thumbnail. I don't know. A lot of this seems like uh, season two material, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> All righty. So let's hear from our buddy Josh. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your buddy Josh Wright. Um, wow. What a great series Andor was. Um, I loved it. Uh, some of my favorite Star Wars ever. Just so well done in every aspect. Uh, the cinematography again this week was just fantastic. Um, I thought they were really leaning into that film noir vibe uh, with all the darkness and shadow um, and uh, Andor and others kind of running through those uh, what seemed to be subterranean passageways. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, um, a little bit of a a little bit of a scene in the asphalt jungle and another one in uh, the third man, a couple of my favorite uh, film noir uh, movies. Anyway, um, I'm with you. Uh, Marva speech, that speech, I just wanted to go out and kick some ass. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, um, yeah, it's really great. I, again, it kind of reminded me of like old, like classical histories, like like Herodotus, Julius Caesar, etc., where they always, and you see this in the Bible sometimes too, where they always give like a big speech, or as I like to call it, the BS, the big speech, uh, right before a big battle or some major event or something like that. And a lot of that happened in Andor, which I thought was cool. I don't know if that's what Tony Gilroy is going for, uh, but <clears throat> I noticed it and I thought it was cool. Uh, I do have a question, though. Um, I really liked the final episode, but it wasn't quite what I expected. Um, I expected more twists and turns. I expected a higher body count for sure. Um, it seemed like pretty much all my favorite major characters survived, which is great because then we get more stories involving them. Uh, but I was, I was expecting heartbreak. Um, and I didn't get that. Um, I just wanted to know what you guys thought. Was this what you expected? Were you expecting more heartbreak, a higher body count? Um, what do you guys think? Um, anyway, I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Hope Will and family are are still are still uh, keeping it all together with the new baby in the house. Uh, peace and love, guys. May the force be with you. Thanks, Josh. Man, Will. I so <clears throat> Josh. I, I follow him on Twitter. Um, he's a real big brain type of dude when it comes to films. He be talking about some deep cuts he's watching, right? Even, oh, nice. He even tossed a, a couple out there. That's something that reminds me. He I did. Always, I see him on Twitter talking about he's watching some deep cuts, right? You this know. man is man is on my AM. He's on the AMC Classics. A b b buddy, deeper than AMC Classics. You know what I, I mean? I know. I, yeah. <clears throat> Shit that hasn't been on a format since Betamax. Oh, my goodness. Um, it didn't even make the transition of the AHS. Um yeah, man. Uh, so I would say the body count did kind of um, surprise me. I did expect maybe some more character deaths. Um, but I think the heartbreak in the finale is Marva, right? I think that was meant yeah. to be the heartbreak. It and is. the rest of the heartbreak is coming. <laughs> the rest is coming. It's coming probably in a big way in season two. 
you know? I'm pretty sure. Um, it's gonna send there's something's gonna happen between Vel and Senta. I don't know what, but that's ooh, at a boiling point. That is, there is some, yeah, that's gonna be tense. Uh, oof, I hate to even, like, I was convinced that my dude Brasso was not gonna make it after I saw him Looney Tunes braining folks with that brick. Um, right. Just because I was like, oh, he's being too badass. They're gonna take him out. Um, and they and they didn't. Thank goodness. Uh, but I don't know that he is safe in the future necessarily. You know, it it makes you respect blaster fire. One shot to the torso will kill you. Done. Back or front doesn't matter. Yep. One shot, one blaster bolt to the front or back torso too. In some Instant cases, death. right? Yep. Like, like the the one of the Cassian's buddy that ran like the spaceport or whatever it was. Yeah, right? the radio. Yeah. Yep. He took one shot to the back and he's done. This yep. isn't a situation where they're like, "Oh shit, I'm, I'm shot. Let me say something cool before that." Yeah, I'm bleeding out. I'm bleeding out. No, man. Um, um, probably also if we were to examine that more closely, not super consistent, you know. It, right. But are movie gunshots consistent? You know what I mean? Uh, ab- yeah, absolutely, absolutely so. not. Um, I was just saying, it makes you fear the blaster more. Like at some, there are some, some parts of Star Wars where you're like, oh, I could take a blaster bolt to the chest and just, you know, make sure I got some med gel. And then there's sometimes like, bro, he took a blaster bolt to the back and was done for done immediately. Lights out, nighty night, one with the force. You know what I mean? Gone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it was it was overkill to pull out the turret. Like the the blaster cannon or whatever that was, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Into the crowd, that heavy weapon. Yeah, man. Oof. Loved seeing those uh, Imperials get the doo doo kicked out of them, though. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So our buddy Robert, our buddy Robert sent in two emails. I'm gonna read them as like one email because one's about episode eleven and one's about episode twelve. So we'll just that's how I'm gonna handle it. All right. Okay. He said, yeah. hey, Halls and Will, I just finished Andor episode 11, and I know I'm late, but man, was that ending just heartbreaking. Luthen taking on that ISB she- ship had me on the edge of my seat, like most of the show, but Cassian finding out that Marva has passed away brought tears to my eyes. I'd like to know what other moments in Star Wars make you guys tear up. It can be happy, sad, not trying to bring down the podcast, but I think it's an amazing feat when something can bring out true emotions in us. I'll give you my answer. When Luke showed up at the end of Mando season two, <clears throat> seeing Return of the Jedi, Luke made me feel so much joy and awe that I couldn't hold back the tears. Thanks for everything you guys do for us listeners. I've been enjoying the Twitch streams that I'm able to catch and look forward to the high potion every week. May the force be with you. Uh, put a pin in that question. Okay, buddy. Okay. Uh, what an ending. Tell me why B2EMO had me crying when he was finally reunited with Cassian. It got me too, buddy. And that cliffhanger ending with Luthen and Cassian. Well, this show was seriously amazing. I can't believe they stuck the landing and delivered some of the best Star Wars content I've seen. I've liked almost everything that Disney has done. I'm not one of those people who think Disney ruined it. And I'm glad because I get to enjoy all of what Star Wars has to offer. I cannot wait for season two of this show. And that single engine speeder that Luthen was riding at the end, that thing was so cool. Reminds me of Darth Maul's little speeder in Phantom Menace. Hope you guys enjoyed the season finale as much as I did. May the Force be with you. 
Luthen's little jet engine speeder bike is cool. Very cool. Everything yeah, he's got cool. is cool. His outfits are cool. His disguises are cool. His shop is cool. He's too goddamn cool. He's just too cool. There's a bike in GTA Online that's kind of like that. Oh, that's cool. It's like a, it's like a turbine that you ride. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Uh, scenes that make me tear up in Star Wars are plentiful and many because probably because I'm unstable. Um, <laughs> but man, that, there's a lot. Like, uh, it, like just the fucking uh, the music in A New Hope when Luke is looking out at the twin sunsets. I can I just hear that say, music and it'll give me goosebumps and I'll tear up a little bit. Doesn't that happen the all the time. That sticks out for me. Like that's the exact moment that you're talking about mm-hmm. where Luke is looking over the twin sunset and there's that John Williams swell in the music. Um, it can it gives me goosebumps sometimes. It doesn't get me as much anymore, but for a little while the scene in uh Revenge of the Sith, where Anakin's looking out the window of the um, Jedi Temple and Padme's looking out the window of their apartment. You know what I mean? Like those two dual scenes before he makes the decision to go to Palpatine's office. That one used to get me. Yeah. Um, Fuck, dude. That twin son scene is so powerful because... Like I, I felt like I was there. Like I remember being in a small town uh-huh. and I remember looking at the sunset and thinking like, there's got to be more than this. Like yep. this can't be all that there is. And that like struck deep to me, you know, when Luke is feeling that in those moments, like I, re- I remember my first experience and those feelings in that moment. Um, I was just gonna, I just doubled back because that one was super powerful there's also uh, a scene in A New Hope where they cross uh, him and Leia cross the chasm uh, with the grappling hook. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but that's very exhilarating. Like, it oh, doesn't yeah. make me emotional, but like, I feel the joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I get maybe joy. Is oh, in dude! That like, there's now if you want to talk about those kind of moments, there's a ton for me. Like. Uh, Han showing up and and saving the day at the end of A New Hope and and Luke making the oh uh, yeah uh you know the uh, the shot the proton torpedo into the Death Star shot uh, Steel's favorite moment in cinematic history is uh you know the the moment when you see the green lightsaber for the first time when they spring the plan on Jabba's sail barge that shit mm-hmm. gets me hyped too. Um, is there at, at the end of Return of the Jedi when Vader's stricken down and his helmet comes off, he he tells Luke to you know tell your sister you were right about me. Uh huh. Like that's powerful. It too. is. Um. It, it, see, some of this it's interesting with some of the original trilogy stuff. Like, just because of how young I was and how long it's been around, like it definitely affects me. But it's maybe not as powerful it has it has been in the past because i'm so like right like i watch it all the time and i have I watched say, it all the time for so long all of it yeah all you know what of I mean? star wars lore you know? um the end of mando season two definitely got me for sure for sure uh the the mando episode in book of boba fett got me the mando like the luke and mando episodes like there were parts of that that got me Parts of Kathy. It's it's not hard for Star Wars to do it to me. Obi Wan fucking wrecked me in the last Ooh, episode. Dude. Ooh, dude, 
No, I'm surprised that I hadn't mentioned that one. But that last scene where he's talking to, I guess, Anakin. And Anakin's like, I'm not your failure, Obi. Uh, that, that scene. That scene. And oh, then my goodness. Mo- basically, me. just a few minutes later, the scene between him and Leia on Alderaan. Like, it's just, yeah. it's too much. Uh, uh, <laughs> listen, I know it's not everybody's favorite, but the scene where Chewie finds out that Leia died in Rise of oh. Skywalker, too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's much too much. And that's another movie that fucked with me too hard because I thought Chewie died a few minutes before that. You know what I mean? That wasn't funny. I mean, I get I get the value of the first time view. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, that's not funny. It's not funny to play with me like that. Don't play with Chewbacca like that. Um, Yeah, man, that that uh, there's plenty of stuff. You know what? To this day, what affects me the most, the most still is still as powerful as it was uh if effective as it was the first time i saw it is the lost finale the lost mm. finale destroys me at multiple parts Ugh. han solo's death is the tearjerker for me in it the got new, me. newest it, trilogy it got me the first couple of times obviously that first time was rough um but uh, you know once again, like I've watched The Force Awakens so much that it doesn't get me as much anymore. I mean, I'm bummed. I'm not like good riddance. The the scene between um, Lando and um, shit. What's his uh, droid? What's the lady droid? And what's her name? Shit. L three. L three. When L three dies in Solo, that shit's rough. Like there's mm-hmm. they've done a lot. They've done a lot of stuff like that, and they do it pretty effectively. Thanks a lot, dickheads. Fucking with me like that. <laughs> Messing with me. Oh, snotty nose shit. I gotta go fucking wash my mustache out and shit. Like, this is just... This well, is that's just, how you know it's good when it hits you in the feels. It is. That is true. Um, our buddy Sean Hoffman, um, one, of the, uh, one of the creative minds behind the myweirdfoot.com empire says... Based on what we both saw in the finale, we believe Cinta killed that family 100%. Sean Hoffman. I assume he means he and Madison, as in uh, what they both saw. I still stand by the fact that you saw her kill an Imperial ISB spy. I don't know, buddy. So this is the one thing we'll never know. You didn't see her kill any women or children. The only way we'll know is if one of these candy-ass entertainment reporters gets off their keisters and asks old Tony Gilroy in an interview. Like, the, yeah. The questions inquiring minds really want to know. Yeah, okay. We want to know if Andy Circus is dead or not, right? We get that. Right. Why has nobody asked this question? Nobody. Every time there's a new Tony Gilroy uh, fucking... Uh, interview I jump online thinking here it comes either I'm right or Will's right we're about to find out and nobody asks nobody asks I need people to ask did Cinta kill that family I do uh, for real man and like come on man I know some of our listeners here have like you know the in more so than I would find out somebody find out the only other thing that I can think is that it's a major story plot device in season two for Santa. Oh, uh, dude. If the explanation of that moment. If she, if there's a something. scene and see, cause I was about to say, I don't think it, I think that, that it won't be answered if they didn't answer. It may but, not, 
but, but if dude, they circle back around to the second season, they say what she did and how messed up it was. If uh, in two years, and God willing, we're sitting around talking about season two, and there's some big emotional scene where she confesses, or so you know, if if there's some big emotional scene where they establish one way or the other. Oh my lord, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the long con. My goodness. Uh, well, it it will have been very interesting for our conversational point and from so, here to there. Okay. So, you know, old Pablo okay, so long story short, everybody, you know, there's a bit of an exodus or a a, a proposed exodus from Twitter because of all the Elon Musk stuff, right? Right. And people have been sort of scoping out social media platforms to be like oh maybe this is the next one to go to there was a couple of them right there was one called mastodon i really liked the name it seemed too confusing i was like i don't think i'm smart enough for this um but there was one called hive right it seems people were pretty pretty hyped on it i don't know maybe it's already dying down but it seemed like a lot of our star wars buddies were setting up hive accounts so i set one up and i noticed that old pablo hidalgo from you know lucasfilm Lucasfilm, uh, keeper of lore, man of infinite Star Wars knowledge, story group member. I noticed he was on there and that there's a, a feature where you can send questions to them. And honestly, I should have asked him like, hey, do you think Senta killed that uh, Imperial Commandant's family? But instead I asked him how Darth Maul poops after he gets cut in half and comes <laughs> back in Clone Wars. And he hit you with a witty retort. He did. It was real funny. I appreciate you should it. Ask, can, you should still be able to ask him questions. Yeah, but I feel like by now more and people are signing up. Like, I think I got in. It seemed, I feel like got I got in, in Yeah, late in the day on the day it was really sort of blowing up. Like, I was not I one see. of the first. A bunch of our friends had already had accounts and stuff. But by now, I'm sure it would just, he'd be like, why? This dude asked me the weirdest shit. Man, why is I don't he... know. I would say that question's relevant. I think it's relevant, but we'll see. Um, we got an email from Utah Dougie. Utah. Utah. Dougie. He's Dougie. been showing up on the streams. Uh, he said, you guys think Jedi robes just come in bulk bargain bins like one size fits all? Or did Kiadi get his special order? And how the heck have you haven't th covered that yet? Well, buddy, there's not a whole lot of artwork of uh, Kiadi Mundi with the hood up on his robe, right? Like, uh, I guarantee it's custom made. Oh, yeah. They don't. Yeah, that's not off the rack. That's not one size fits most. You know how they, they like. Opal Rancisis's cloak. You know. You know how on. they have those like. Store they they call they try to fancy them up and they call them big and tall stores. You know what I mean? Uh huh. And it's like well, if you're fat or you're tall or you're both, we got you covered. We have a monster cranium. Right. So they probably got like the big and tall section of the the Jedi robe store, and it's just a couple of racks. You know what I mean? I, you know what? I bet Jocasta New has like amazing Jedi grandma powers where she can like sew too. She'll come by your room and take your measurements and. So, you know, force sew you a new cloak. She, uh, well, she'd probably be real shitty about it, too. Yeah, if yeah, make you system, feel really bad. If a system is not in. All right, let's. Uh, Good evening, Hawes. We got one from Jim. I want to end on this. I have a feeling he's, this might be a percentage question where he's asking us who we think is going to die. So, um, because he sent this in after we recorded last week. So, uh, let's let's just make it a bit. 
like we're the smartest boys in the world. I could be wrong, but let's see. Good evening, Hawes and Will. How the hell are you? Uh, last email, I asked you if you, it sounded like I asked if you, you thought a lightsaber battle was going to happen. But basically, I was asking, would there be a over-the-top, fantastic, only in Star Wars event? Ah. And this last episode was it, man. It's, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that, that's what I was hoping for. I'm sa- my satisfaction is upon me. But uh, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that anybody is going to die in this last episode? Luthen or Val? I don't think Luthen or Val are going to die. What about you, Will? Do you think they'll die in the finale? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I so. I don't think so. Or anybody. It, it, who who do you have uh, in your Deadpool? Who's on the who's the top three uh, most likely? Or do you think any of it's going to actually happen? Or everybody's going to make it through this season? What do you think? But uh, and I think that Cyril and Miro end up together. <laughs> or start hooking up but maybe that's just me all right ignite the green well <laughs> jim buddy you were right you were right about that last part i mean at least that seems to be what it was implying um so it yeah it seems the direction um you know who i think will die in the finale and this is a weird pull but you know the guy who runs the radio at like the spaceport that uh, Cassian calls and finds out that Marva died. I think he might die. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be done in like that Tony Gilroy way where it happens real fast and they move on real quick. You know, like a shot to the back and then you just see him dead. Blah. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. In, in Andor, Andor episode 12 of the first season. All right, buddy. What, what's with the old sergeant just sitting down and having a drink? It's like my boss put his lady in the broom closet. It's time for a drink. I wish they had killed that guy. (laughs) Not so lucky. That guy. Hoping so much that they would kill that guy. Dedramir is going to put Cyril back in the saddle, and that's going to be his sergeant again. And he will be lovably hateable. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen with that gonna get real weird i bet um you know uh another thing um excellent line in the episode was uh when the guy the older guy that seems to be the head of the isb can't ever remember his name is like um this was uh, this was to wipe the taste of aldani out of the emperor's mouth mm-hmm. i was like ooh, that's a good mo- that's a good line right there um all right buddy well that does it we're done with the episode and doors over it's crazy no more star wars for new star wars for the end of the till the through the end of the year rather oh my goodness i don't know what to do with myself um yeah i don't know man well you know willow starts next week oh i did not know that that is something to look forward to yep it starts on the 30th so that's cool. I mean, it's not Star Wars, but it it's is. It's not Star Wars, but it's Lucasfilm adjacent. Not even adjacent. It's full-on Lucasfilm. It's the isn't. The, I the, didn't know if it was just still Disney or. Whatever. No, no, it's Lucasfilm. It's the first non-Star Wars Lucasfilm release in the uh, Disney era, and then we're getting 
Indiana Jones next year and uh, Mando season three and Ahsoka. And I guess um, probably Skeleton Crew and Vision season two, Bad Batch season two. There's a lot coming next year. Woo. Woo. Chock full of Star Wars. Can't wait. Cannot wait. All right, buddy. Well, hey, man, listen. I appreciate it. I know the listeners appreciate it. Thank you for making some time to record. I know things Dude, are crazy. I'm sorry for the, the choppiness in, in schedule. I buddy, apologize. There is nothing to apologize for. You know, anytime. It's, uh, it's like a circus around here. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Some people tell you, uh, you know, once you've had two kids, having a third one's nothing. It's just like adding one more. Nothing changes. I am finding that not to be the case quite so much at all. Oh, but really? <laughs> it's just a madhouse around here. Yeah. Anyway. You know, it's early, too. You know, little, little, um, why can't I remember? Ivy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Ivy hasn't yeah, even Ivy. been here uh, two whole weeks yet, you know? It's still That's early. It's true. If, uh, yeah. Now, clearly, you stated, feels longer than that, but, you know. So, yeah, man, you know, anytime you need it, uh, need to take the episode off, I'm always going to understand. I'm just stoked you got to uh, to make it for this week. Yeah, my wife was really kind, and she's been keeping the kid, and I, I really wanted to make this one because, uh, again, first one after the kid was born and to wrap up Andor, uh-huh. and it's really my first opportunity to even really sit down and talk to you. I know. You we've know, had literally... Well, I mean, we've texted, but we had one right. literal brief phone conversation since uh, the baby was born while I was on break at work one day. Like, yeah, that's yeah, how that was, uh, crazy it's been for me as well. Like, I've I've got a lot going on, you know, I'm doing right. important shit, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I miss our I miss our late night Fortnite oh, run. Buddy, I can't wait until things happen. I cannot wait until things settle down enough for us to get a couple of gaming sessions in. But uh, you know, that I'm, would be great. I'm a patient guy. Whenever you're ready, you know, you know, I'll be ready. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, I appreciate that. Hey guys, listen. Leave us a five star review if you haven't already. Uh, we really appreciate it. Helps other people find the show. Come hang out on stream sometime. If I get home from Mississippi early enough tomorrow, I will probably stream some tomorrow. Oh well, this Very is coming cool. out. Hmm. You know what? Maybe I'll uh I'll put this out. This is a nice this is a nice family friendly podcast to put on the old Alexa <laughs> while the family's cooking the turkey. You know what I mean? A, oh, a, a, a dude, a, a broken down shell of a man who uses his fucking as an as an adjective. Man, that's fucking cool. Man, this fucking sucks. You know what I mean? That's a good no. This family listening. This is for- the the perfect excuse for dad to put his airpods in and do this while he's based in the turkey and doing the rest of the stuffing and all that other stuff fair enough i like that so yeah maybe or mom put, whoever's cooking up a store i'll put this up on the uh i'll release this in the morning that's what i'll do early happy thanksgiving it's a happy black friday special another episode of harvest moisture farmers indeed so uh listen uh besides that if you like the theme song that we uh we play every episode. Please check out the band that's kind enough to provide that music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Also, you can tune in to stream and hear a little Stone Cobra. I kind of kick off every stream with a little bit of Stone Cobra. 
Um, Quality rock and roll for your ear holes. <laughs> and finally, check out me and our buddy Steve on High Potion. It's our video game podcast that's uh, encroaching 100 episodes. So, My goodness. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope you guys, if you're t- celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you enjoyed it, had some good time with the family. And uh, for everybody else, like Rick said, I hope you had a good Thursday. Have a good Thursday. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll, we'll see you next week. Maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, like, I don't know. Maybe I take the week off next week. And if Will maybe has free time, we just play a little video game, you know, instead of podcasting. Ooh. We did our commitment. Ha-cha-cha. We got through Andor. Man, I'm going through some serious shit. Maybe I take a week off. We'll see. Probably be sitting here at the very least talking to myself. So find out. <laughs> That's the cliffhanger for this. Will there be That's an episode this Stay next tuned. week? Yeah. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Same bad channel. Until then, this has, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. Buddy, I don't know if my chair broke or if something just happened, but you know how, like, the the adjustable chairs, like the height, just there yeah. towards the end, my chair just dropped. <laughs> like oh, a damn like theme like car. Fast? Yeah. Like the hydraulic light? Yeah. May the force be with us.